You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. I'm going to minister with the the time we have left. I'm going to minister um, where I started last week. And then uh, next week, uh, Donna's going to minister. And Liz and I are not going to be here. But I'm telling you now, she's got a word brewing in her that you do not want to miss. I don't, she told me a little bit about it. But I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. By the way, thank you for those of you that um, were mature enough to not watch the Super Bowl and come to church tonight. So... And grace to those that are watching the Super Bowl, you know, whatever. We just honor and love people, and we just show up and do what God's telling us to do. Uh, someone said earlier, you know, if the Chiefs, well, I said if the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, we we might even have less people uh, because, you know, they were right there. And then one of uh, somebody, I won't say who, but somebody said, yeah, that would be a different story now, wouldn't it? And I said, well, I would be here loving on Jesus, even if you were watching the Chiefs. And so anyways, uh, praise the Lord. Thank you for being here tonight. It's going to be a really, uh, it's been a good night already. I, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you what's, what's happening. Um, I, I don't ever want to, con- I never want to compare uh, here to Perryville. I don't ever want to do that. But what's in my heart is manifesting in both places. Uh, I, I can't have two different visions. I have one vision. And I want to tell you something. Um, this is like the, the little sister. Not the ugly sister, just the little sister. Amen? <laughs> There's a story in the Bible about the pretty and the ugly. You guys are as beautiful or more than, than the people in Perryville. But we experienced something in worship this morning that if you go and watch on the live stream, it always, it always sounds awful on the live stream. Everybody wants to sound as good as Bethel, but nobody does. But I can tell you the anointing was just as strong. There was, a, there was a covering in the room that nobody, nobody wanted to come out of it. Nobody was thinking about anything else. And we, we worshiped, and words were coming forth, and people were being healed, it just, you know, in their hearts in particular, and things were happening. And it was just, how do you describe something like that? I don't know. I'm, doing, I'm putting it in the best words. But what I am saying is that there is a, there is, the measure of glory that's happening there is also going to happen here. It's, this, it's the same thing. This is, this is the same church in two locations. And I'm telling you, get ready because God's doing something in this people and us right here. And we are just as bound in the spirit in a good way. We're just as bound here as we are to Perryville. There, it's no different to us. We're just there on Sunday morning and we're here on Sunday night. But we are bound in the spirit because God's called us here. And so he's raising up a great work. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to continue ministering just for a little bit on the fivefold ministry. And uh, so I'm going to share for tonight for it is 712. Will you guys give me? I'm going to say 735, and it, I know it will be 740. So I'm shooting for 735. Can you guys give me about 25 minutes or whatever? Everybody come into agreement right now. You can give it to me. Okay. All right. It's going to be awesome. 
And uh, so what I want to do is if we can pull the slides back up there, we're going to go from the first slide, I'm going to do a, a two-minute review, and then we're going to go um, into some new stuff. And so we started talking about the five-fold ministry, and the hand is a pretty good picture of, uh, uh, of the five-fold ministry or the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And I love talking about this uh, because I was, I was really fascinated about this. I was very drawn to it when I would read the scriptures growing up. I just didn't understand a lot of it. In the last probably five to seven years, God's given me just more revelation on it, especially the last uh, two or three, really. And uh, so I love talking about this. And so the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, it is the ministry of Jesus and, and manifestation here on the earth. If you want to see Jesus, then you can look at the fivefold ministry because Jesus was all five of these things. He was an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. We could go through the scriptures we won't tonight for time's sake, but you could go and you could see that Jesus was all of those things. And I really believe that there is a, there is a culmination and a coming together of these five. And it's not, just, it's not just five individuals, say, in a church, but it's these five offices that you could have 20 of these in a church. You could have, you know, however that looks, or you could have three or four of them in a church, and then you have close relationships with people that, that come in and out. But it's, it's the anointing that goes with that office that I believe we're coming into a greater uh, time to where we're going to have all of these actually on one hand working together. Amen. And because what it's been is it's kind of been, you know, one's over here and one's over there. You know, we've had evangelists out doing things. I personally believe that evangelists have not really fulfilled the call that God has for them in the church. You know why? Because in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that he's given these five for the equipping of the saints. And I believe that evangelists should be out preaching the gospel, winning the lost. But if you want to take Scripture and look at Scripture, they actually should also, at the very least, be inside the church equipping the saints to win the lost. It is not the pastor's job to win the lost people. Shepherds don't re reproduce sheep. Sheep re reproduce sheep. And there's nothing wrong with being called a, a sheep, amen? We're all, we're all sheep and Jesus is the great shepherd. There's nothing wrong with that. That, that doesn't mean, you know, we have these things going, going around like, you know, especially when talking about the government and people doing things that they don't agree with and whatever. And they'll just say, well, they're just a bunch of sheep. Well, whatever. In the kingdom of God, being a sheep is a good thing because that means you're loved, you're cared for, you know, you're taken care of, all, all of that. So that, that's a good thing. But I believe there is a coming together. Let's go to the next slide. And, and I titled this one in particular, Combined Leadership, and I probably could have put Combined Leadership uh, Brings Unity. So these, these coming together should bring the diversity, uh, should bring a greater level of unity because there's something powerful when the unity of the Lord is in the midst of people. And whenever people come together and they're together in, under one banner, they're together under the name of the Lord. There are, tr there are tremendous things that will happen. And, you know, Jesus said that the works that I do, these works will you do also, and even greater works. I don't think that the church as a whole has really ever even done the works that Jesus did. I mean, we can look through times and seasons and study church history, and you can see some things that have taken place that, that definitely were what Jesus did. But the greater works, in my, in my estimation, have not been done yet. And the reason I believe is because it is never supposed to be about an apostle or a prophet or 
an evangelist or a teacher or pastor. It's supposed to be about all of them functioning together because Jesus was all of them and he functioned very well with himself. And that's where the fullness of the ministry came about. There is something that that can be done in unity that cannot be done any other way. And so these five go together and they're supposed to go together. And the thing is, is that when you look at these, especially if you look at, you know, um, say like a, a uh, pastor and a prophet, as a matter of fact, um, a lot of, I, don't, I believe biblically that churches need to have apostolic covering. And that's probably a bigger message than what I have time to get into. But this is one of the reasons why prophets have been so uh, rogue. They've been so out of place. They've been mishandled. Um, they've been mistreated or they've been allowed to mistreat people. It's because they haven't had somebody with some some strong um, of the same color, if you will. Apostles and prophets uh, are, are wired a, a lot alike. And most pastors can't handle prophets. They don't they don't know what to do with them. As a matter of fact, uh, my friend Joseph Z, um, he he for years um, went um, was at different churches and He's a very submitted person. Like, he has no problem submitting to authority whatsoever. And But every time he was in a church, like, pastors just did not know what to do with him. And he got to, because his gifting is so strong, and he got to a point to where he's like, we can't, we just can't go to church because it causes problems. And then all of a sudden, he found an apostle that recognized his gift, honored his gift, and knew what to do with his gift. And now he's actually able to function in a church because there's an apostolic culture there that allows for all of those things to happen. See, in a real apostolic culture, it's, it's, a, a, it's a fathering. There's a strong governing sense, but there's also a, a fathering sense. And real true fathers want to see uh, anyone around them, and especially those under them, come up, not be pushed down. And so it's really important that this, these fivefold ministry coming together, what it should produce is a culture of, and you could use the hand for this, of reaching down and pulling people up, not slapping them. Amen. And so that's the thing, that's the thing that we're absolutely after. And so the color coordination or the color coding, I should say, is, you know, red is a very strong, fiery uh, uh, color, and that speaks as in descriptive of apostles and prophets, the way that they're wired spiritually. Yellow is very is very out there. Uh, it's very noticeable, and that definitely speaks to the evangelist. And then the pastor teacher, a blue color kind of fits that because it's a, they're, um, they're just as important as the other gifts, but they're just a little bit more mild. And so, you know, the difference between how a teacher oftentimes will approach something, you know, if you have, uh, you know, someone that's got, you know, a marriage problem or something like that, you know, a teacher will be like, let me explain to you how to have a proper marriage. Um, a prophet will probably come in and say, let me give you a word on that. An apostle will be like, grow up, change, love one another, and then kind of move on. And so those gifts will often uh, deal with situations in different ways. But I've come to find out that uh, one size does not fit all. And so you have, when you have a, a church, uh, you know, a body of people, there are so many different needs and people are at different places. And so all of the gifts are important. All of those functions are important. All of the offices are important. Amen. So let's move on to the next slide. We kind of covered that last week. And so let's go a little bit further. So this is probably, and let, let me say this about these, um, about these pictures. These are, you're not going to find these pictures in the Bible, okay? Everybody understands that. They're not even in the maps, all right? I made these up myself. Uh, and I had someone better than me do the computer part of it. But um, 
So, but these are just descriptive to help bring about some understanding as to how this can look or how this can function. And so really at the very uh, center of the, the universe is Jesus. Amen. Jesus really is the center of the universe. And again, I want to emphasize that when you, if you want to see a physical representation of Jesus here on the earth, you can look at any believer. But in particular, with the ministry gifts, you can look at the fivefold ministry. And I'm not saying it always does, but it should represent the ministry of Jesus here on the earth. And in Acts chapter 5 and verse 16, let's pull that verse up real quick. Acts 5 and 16. And let's look at this verse together. And this is um, a little bit of an uh, offset verse. Probably isn't the right word, but maybe not a main one we would go to. But this, the Lord gave me a revelation about this, and it says, Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were healed. Here's the thing about the fivefold ministry. It says that the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are for the equipping of the saints, right? Well, the equipping, what that means is if you go and look at that a little bit more in the Greek, it's talking about a mending and a proper placement, so it would be like if you came into the doctor's office and your arm was dislocated and it was dangling there, uh, the doctor, hopefully, the doctor would take your arm and put it back in place so that the mending could begin to happen to your arm and to your body. And so your arm could begin to function the way that it was designed to function with the rest of the body. So what it's supposed to look like is that in, in the, the fivefold ministry, and the, the hub of the church, if you will, that people are supposed to come from the outside and they come in. And let's go back to the picture real quick. People are supposed to come from the outside. They come from the world. They get saved. They come into a relationship with Jesus and they come in through the church. And the goal is, is to bring people into the church. Now, if you have fivefold ministry that's operating improperly, that's operating from a falseness, they will draw people to, themsel to themselves instead of pointing them to Jesus. And I, I can say that this has become a much stronger revelation to me even in the past six months. What because the Bible talks about false prophets, false teachers. Um, I would say it describes false shepherds, and it talks about false prophets. And what causes something to be false is not inaccuracy. This is why Jesus said, beware of false prophets. If it was only about being accurate or not, they would be easy to spot, and you wouldn't have to beware of them so much. Because see, false prophets can be accurate in their prophecy. False apostles could be anointed in their leadership. What determines if somebody is false or not is not the measure of success they have and how accurate or how great they are, but it's their motivation behind what they're doing. This is why he said, beware of false prophets. Of, and the word talks about false teachers. And so if you have ministry that's going on that wants to bring people in to draw them to themselves to raise them up, now, I'm not going and judging everybody else's ministry. That's not my job. I can't understand these knuckleheads, and that's my way that I have come up with the Lord is okay with me calling some people knuckleheads because they do knuckleheaded things. 
and that's my nice way of saying it, that get on social media and all these things, and they think it's their job to call every false prophet out. And every false, and most of the time, they don't have a cotton-picked clue what they're talking about anyways. They'll see where somebody missed it. They'll pull up like, you know, like Kim Clement. Y'all familiar with Kim Clement? He'll say, well, he prophesied this, and it didn't come to pass. He was a false prophet. Let me tell you something. Kim, Kim Clement was a true prophet of God. Um, even true prophets can miss it. They can, they can miss the mark. And aren't you so thankful that we don't live in the old covenant where we have to stone them? You can wipe the sweat from your brow, Prophet Ron. It's no problem. Because <laughs> I've heard people say that they're like, well, if we're going to do things biblically, we need, they need to be killed. And it's like, well, no, this is the new covenant. And you should judge the word. You should judge the prophecies to see if they're accurate. And if somebody consistently is inaccurate, stop listening to them. They're not in tune with the Holy Ghost. But you could have somebody, and I've encountered some, that are deadly accurate. But what they're doing is they're about drawing people unto themselves. False. That's false. What we're supposed to be doing, true fivefold ministry, is supposed to bring people in and then bring them up to Jesus. That's the job of the fivefold ministry. I am nothing. I'm absolutely nothing other than a vessel to be used to bring people into relationship with Jesus. Paul said, follow, follow me as I follow Christ. He didn't just say, follow me. I'm, I'm the end all be all. If he did, he would have been false. So you can go and you can do your own research on that. But that is the conclusion that I've come to is that being false is not so much about being accurate or not. But it really, truly is about motivation. Why are you doing what you do? It's extremely important. And you can also have uh, false, uh, false brethren, people that will come into the church they have no, they have nothing good in them towards the church or the work of the Lord at all. They're just coming in, being busybody, uh, you know, messing around, messing people up and stuff. I, I've had to deal with very few people like that, but on occasion I've had to tell a couple people, uh, this probably just isn't the best place for you. Because I could see that they had, they didn't want to learn, they didn't want to grow, they didn't want to walk in love. And I'm fine. If somebody wants just, just to sit and, and not participate and not be a part, but just come and sit, and I don't, that doesn't bother me. But when they start messing with the sheep, then we have a problem. Because then they're not sheep, they're goats. And sometimes you got to deal with goats. But anyways, praise the Lord. So this is, this is the picture of what fivefold ministry can look like, is that you, you reach people from the world and you bring them in and you equip them. You get them healed because it says that they were, they were brought from surrounding cities and really essentially they were brought to the apostles and this was talking about physical healing in particular in Acts chapter 5 and verse 16. Probably could have extended beyond that, but in particular physical healing and they brought healing to them. And then when people are healed, whether you're talking about physical, but particularly mentally, emotionally, they come from brokenness, they come from wrong teaching, they come from lots of things, you know, just about everything needs healed. We may not call it that, but pretty much everything needs to be healed or set in order. And whenever they come into a true, a true work of God, and they're operating on, on at least some cylinders, then what they're going to have happen is people are going to get healed and set in place to be able to function with the rest of the body. And the stronger we grow in that, the stronger the body becomes, the more powerful it becomes, the more influence it has, and the bigger impact that it makes within a people and within an entire region. Amen? So let's move on to the next slide. 
And this is getting in really to the, to the major meat. And I'm probably not going to get much past this one tonight because I've got, I'm calling it seven minutes left. And we all know it's going to be 12. So praise the Lord. So this one, I've just kind of titled this. And again, these are, these are pictures. You're not going to find this drawing anywhere. But I'm going to give you some scripture verses that will relate to this picture. And this helped me when I started seeing what the point of the fivefold ministry was and how it functions. It just really brought things to life for me. And so I, I just titled this uh, Culture Shift or Kingdom Advance. And so what's interesting is that Jesus had these 12 men with him that he called disciples. But then after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and actually he gave the Great Commission before the, the day of Pentecost, but he did tell them to wait. But when he gave them the Great Commission, essentially he was sending them. And in particular, an apostle is a sent one. And when you look at what it means to be sent, they weren't going to just be mouthpieces. They were going to disciple entire nations. They were going to turn everything right side up. Their job was to shift the culture. And when you look at the word uh, apostle and you go back to, to the origins of it, what it, what it was was that in the, and I, and I believe I'm saying this right, so give me some grace, but I think I'm saying this very close to how it was, all right? But you'll get the picture. Whenever the Romans would go in, and you know, the Roman Empire was all about uh, just expanding, and they would go in and they would conquer territories. Well, when they would go conquer a new territory, what they would do is they would send um, especially if there was a, if it was a, a region near water, they would send a ship, and that ship, that lead ship, was called an apostolos, which is the Greek phrase that we get apostle or apostles from. And that apostolos, that ship, that lead ship, was sent to go into that region. Listen to me now. Was sent to go into that region to change the culture of the region after it had been conquered to represent Rome so that when Caesar came into that region, it would look just like the rest of Rome. <laughs> so when he was saying, you're not my disciples now, now you're my apostles, he was saying, I'm sending you, and I want you to go and change the regions of the places that I call you to go to. So this broadens our the idea of what our, what ministry is about, what we're really called to. And I think the fact that we have we have only, especially in our culture, we basically only look at the pastoral, the teaching, and the evangelistic ministry as a whole. Denominational churches, they don't they do not wander in to the prophetic and the apostolic. They don't know what to do with that. And most of even spirit-filled churches don't know what to do with the the, the prophetic or the, the office of the prophet or the apostle. And what has happened is this idea of what apostles and prophets in particular are meant to do, they're sent to do, has been largely eradicated from the, from the, the thinking, the philosophy of believers. So you can't believe for something, you can't move in something if you don't first have knowledge of it. And the job of believers, the job of the church, every church is supposed to be an apostolic church. And it's not about a title. It's culture. It's not about, well, we are apostolic so-and-so, and this is our apostle so-and-so. That's, that's not the goal. That's not it. 
The goal is, is that when we go into a region, and this is our region, that we're here, and the goal is, is that we cause such a culture shift in Bonterre that it starts to look like heaven here on earth. So what this should do is this should raise our expectancy of what we come together anytime we come together. But let's just say on a Sunday night, instead of it being here, it should cause it to come up to a way higher level. Where when we come in here, it's not just, okay, we're going to sing the songs and then do a few announcements and the kids will do their thing. The adults will hear their thing. We'll go home. So good to see my, my people. I love them. Like all that's fine. But we're actually here to see the reality of heaven be made known here on the earth. And that includes and primarily and starts here with us together. That's an apostolic church. So if that mentality has been totally removed, again, how can you move in something that you don't have any knowledge of? And I, I say you, I mean we, the church as a whole. And please do not misunderstand me. You know, a few years ago, when this really started to come to, to light, and I didn't do it totally right, but I came to the church and actually just kind of came out one day when I was preaching, and then I, I got myself in a hole, and now I had to dig myself out of the hole for the next few weeks. But basically, I said, actually, I'm not really a pastor. I mean, I do pastor you, and there's shepherding involved, but really my call is as, as an apostle. And like the next week, it was like, oh, he, I, who does he think he is? I mean, just, I mean. Do you think he's in a, and I was like, I'm already at the highest point in the church, all right? This is, <laughs> this is not about me being elevated, okay? This is about us coming into revelation of what the Lord is doing, of how God is moving, and what things scripturally, biblically are supposed to look like. And I had, I had a hard time personally receiving that, but after enough prophecies of people coming to me and saying, God's actually called you an apostle. I'm like, you know what, Lord? I'm going to receive that because your word calls people an apostle. And the apostle Paul nor Peter, neither one of them were shy about it. Go and read their books. Paul, an apostle. Paul, an apostle called by God, not by man. Paul, an apostle. Peter, an apostle. They, they weren't shy about it at all. Why were they trying to promote themselves? No, they were trying to establish the authority in the eyes of people that God had called them into. Because if you don't see something a certain way, then you won't respond to it in the way that God's designed it. That's pretty simple. So uh, for so then, you know, years ago when I when I started telling people, I, you know, I had to dig myself out of that hole. And it was like the goal. The, but the mentality and see a lot of people have been abused by um, top down. I'm sorry. Yeah. From the top. Just like you're under me and I'm over you. That is the, that, there is an element of that. And we've got one of these slides and we kind of glanced at it last week. We'll get into it the next time I minister on this. Uh, but that's only one part. Governmental authority is only really, in my mind, just one part and could be looked at the smaller part. Because what I've found is that when you shift culture and you change culture in a group of people, you don't have to establish your authority. It's just already there. I use my authority more against the demonic spirits that try to come against people and come against the region in my church. I don't have to go around to people and go, well, remember, I'm your apostle. You know, I don't, you just don't do that. It's not, it's not, it doesn't work like that, you know? And so, you know, so then again, people are like, well, do we call you pastor? Do we call you apostle? Do we call you Kent? I just, you know, this is how I look at it, is that you just do whatever you feel like you need to do. And, but the thing is, is that you want to draw from me, not as Kent. You know, my, my spiritual father, um, Pastor Bobby, I, 
I'm just telling you how I am. But I don't, I t- cut people tons of grace. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me where you're at. Some people are like, I don't know. That's just weird, man. I'm like, that's fine. It's no problem. I love you. And I want you here. And one day you'll see that I'm right. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm fine with whatever. But I, I have never called him Bobby, even though his first name is Bobby. His parents named him Bobby. They're Bobby to him. To me, he's Pastor Bobby. So in my phone, but he actually, he actually truly operates in the office of a prophet. And, and I don't throw those terms around loosely at all. I don't throw those terms around loosely. Um, but he op- operates in the office of a prophet. And so in my phone, it says, Pastor, Prophet, Bobby, Ray. For Ron, I have in there, Prophet Ron Johnson. Why? Because when I look at him, I don't just see Ron Johnson. He is my friend, um, and we're, I'm probably closer to him than just about anybody outside of my wife and my kids and maybe Katie. Um, but I don't want to just see him as just Ron. I want to draw from the office and the anointing that's on him. And when you see something some way, it will cause you to respond to it. And so when he calls me, and it'll be like, especially in my car, it'll be like, calling. Prophet Johnson, calling Prophet Johnson. Or that's when I call you. It'd be like calling Prophet Johnson. And, uh, but it caused something to be awakened in me of, especially if he's calling me of, he has something, and it's not just from a man, but it's from the Lord, a word for me. Amen. This just, this just makes sense to me. If that doesn't make sense to you, it's fine. It's no problem. I'm just giving you some things that, that have worked for me. That makes sense to me because I think the other the other end of it where it can get really heavy and strange is when you have to go around and it's like, oh, you have to call him pastor. You have. And it's like, well, I don't necessarily see Paul doing that. As a matter of fact, there's I read a book one time and it and it and it caused me to think and see things a little bit different when you're looking at people in the fivefold ministry, because Paul, he didn't call himself Apostle Paul. It was Paul, the apostle. And I think that there is a great uh, understanding that needs to be there concerning our identity and our function, which when you're calling um, basically takes over your entire life. Sometimes it's a little difficult to separate the two out. But here's what I've come down to. If I never fulfill my calling as an apostle, if I never fulfill that, it doesn't change the identity that I have in Christ. God will always love me. He will be pleased with me. I don't have to do anything for me to be accepted by the Lord. And so if you call some, and please don't take this and be like, okay, so we, because every time I talk about this, but somebody has to talk about this, and I'm the one that has the microphone the most, so I'm probably going to talk about it. <laughs> People are like, so should, then should we call you Kent the Apostle? It's like, or Kent the Pastor, because I'm not sure about the Apostle thing yet, but it's Pastor, it's like just whatever. It's fine. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, it's fine. It's not that big a deal. But I don't ever want to confuse the fact that I am a son of God, born into his kingdom, born unto him, loved by him. I don't ever want that to lose that for the sake of I'm the Apostle. I don't know. And the same goes for you. Whatever it is, the giftings and the anointings, the the occupation that you have in your life, it should never define you. Jesus and your relationship with him, that's what should define you. 
The other thing is just what you do. You know, wh- you know why this is so important? It's because when I die, I'm not going to be an apostle in heaven anymore. And I thank God. I thank God. It'll be easier. I'll just be a child in his king, in his kingdom. Amen. So my identity is in my relationship with him. It's not in what I do. Good, strong leadership, right leadership to follow, doesn't have their identity mixed up in what they do. Because as, as soon as you have somebody that it's like, they're so heavy on, you got to call me this. And you, when, they, when they get that, sometimes what they're looking for is for people to feed their ego, for people to feed their insecurities. And if you are underneath of an insecure leader, that can be a dangerous thing. And that's pretty strong language for me because I was one for a lot of years. I was very insecure, but I recognized my insecurity, which is what caused me to be able to be safe and not do a bunch of weird stuff. But I had a lot of problems that I had to work through personally because I was so insecure. But if a person is insecure and they don't own up to it and allow the Lord to bring them healing and they try to lead other people, they're going to look for other people to validate them instead of the Lord validating them. I don't care what you call me. I don't care if you like me. I mean, I want you to like me, but that doesn't validate. What validates me is God, man, God loves me. He cares for me. I like what Brother Andrew says. He's got a picture of me in his wallet. He's got an eight by 10 of me on his his mantle. God cares about me. God loves me. This isn't the same for you too. That's what validates me. I gave you a word that I would quit it that time and I'm two minutes past, so Praise the Lord. I have so much more. I, I didn't even talk about this. I only brought it up here. So uh, I've got so, I've got, really, I haven't even gotten into the meat about it, but there's just so much. You know, sometimes in ministry and pastoring, and this is pastoring. This is, this is shepherding, all right? So I'm not, I don't want to get weird like, oh, well, what, what does apostling look like? It's all just taking care of people. That's what, it's all just taking care of people. It just comes out of you a little bit different based on how God's called you. It's just as simple as that. But a, a lot of, I know for me that a lot of what the Lord's had to do, because he's my, he is my shepherd, he's your shepherd, he's the great shepherd. A lot of what he's had to do is kind of undo some things in us to be able to put the right things there that need to be there. And so sometimes I feel like when you're talking about something like this, that people don't talk about this stuff on Sunday mornings. I went to church, and Katie and I grew up in church. We were in a home meetings. Katie's my sister, Liz is my wife, by the way. Um, some people think we're married, we're not. But um, anyways, although she is pretty bossy, but, you know, <laughs> that was like a double. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, she is kind of bossy, but um, in a good way. No, no, Katie's a great, she's the best. She actually, I told someone recently, she is the best leader that I have ever worked with in my entire life. She's a tremendous leader. Um, but we, you know, we were in church, just, we grew up in church. We, were, we went to church between church services. And we talked about the Lord, and we ate dinner with people and talked about the Lord, and we prayed. Like, we grew up like that. Do you ever remember hearing anyone talk about the fivefold ministry? I can't ever remember teaching on it, ever. So I love talking about this. So sometimes whenever you go to, to teach something, you have to lay some foundation and maybe pull up some things. But I, I, I present all of this stuff to you and say, you go and do your own research, your own study, and see what the Word would say about it. See what the Lord would speak to you about it concerning this. Amen. That's always the right thing. Um, I don't have all of the answers. I've just got some, and the ones that I've got are working pretty well for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit OCIPerryville.com.